the smartest man in the world. Endings uh, Comedy Club right here in the King's Cross area of Sydney, located next door to a pizza parlor in the heroin district of Sydney. Uh, it's so exciting. Once again, we join hands and join hearts and try to find some solace in each other's company in this burning shit wreck that is uh, a world and jazz like that. Uh, we're here for the uh, JFL Sydney Comedy Festival. I'm on tour uh, with a couple of mates of mine. We're doing Whose Line Is Anyway. Colin Mockery and Brad Sherwood are here tonight. We've had a dandy time in the last week. We've been all, all over Australia. We was in, um, where were we? We was in Melbourne. We did some press, me and Brad, and then Colin showed up, and uh, that's when the fun really kicked in. We went to uh, Brisbane, and uh, yeah, right? So, have you, are you from Brisbane? No, but I saw it on a map, and, uh, 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 and then we went to Perth, and uh, we were on stage doing improv in uh, Perth, and um, Brad said, um, say, uh, give us a suggestion for something you're embarrassed by. And someone went, our culture. <laughs> so we've learned a lot of things this week. We've learned what bogans are and uh, bin chickens. And uh, yeah, so, uh, thank you. For our people who are listening elsewhere in the world, uh, a bin chicken is um, the sacred uh, bird of ancient Egypt, the ibis. <laughs> Uh, which has been known uh, throughout the last uh, 5,000 years as an animal of uh, great import uh, to the ancients, uh, of course, a symbol of everlasting life and whatnot, um, has been reduced in Australia, as most things have, to um, chicken status. And uh, it's, uh, uh, a bin chicken is an ibis eating out of a garbage can, or if you will, a rubbish bin. And uh, so... We've learned that, and there's been more bin chicken jokes than you could possibly buddy imagine this week. Uh, we had a couple of people on uh, in, um, I can't remember which city it was, and uh, they, were, they were the Bogans. Um, uh, we would call them, if you're from England, they would be Shavs. Uh, if they were, uh, if you're from America, we would call them White Trash. And uh, <laughs> they had very uh, uh, blingy watches on and, uh, and uh, tattoos on their feet. And um, <laughs> at one point, uh, the woman uh, went, uh, this is quality entertainment, while she was telling us her story. And then we, we reenacted their first date, which was a, um, a slatternly packed evening of alcoholic entertainment. And uh, it was uh, been quite fun. So uh, uh, then, of course, uh, last night we played the Sydney Opera House, which was a quite a thrill for us. Yeah. The main room, by the goddamn way, uh, the, the opera room where uh, Jerry Lewis, I assume, might have played. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Beverly Sills, and I'm sure a gallery, uh, and Galaxy of Stars. And uh, then afterwards, uh, we were taken outside by Steve, who's uh, uh, um, uh, been dri driving us around and minding us uh, and, uh, to a balcony outside of a conference room, I think it was. Quite windy here in Sydney the last few days because, as you know, Australia uh, has um, what can only be described as a biblical 
uh, situation going on at all times. There's a, it was pissing down rain in Melbourne today, and there's been a windstorm across the entirety of the outback that has uh, visited Sydney here, and so there's been insane winds uh, going all over the place. So when we opened the door to the conference room, everything in the conference room blew around like the Wizard of Oz, and uh, Ray Bolger came by in a boat, and uh, Margaret Hamilton went by in a bicycle, and uh, I got hit in the head by a sash, and I was, uh, fell asleep on the bed, and then Toto woke me up, and then uh, we woke. Uh, so we were sitting outside uh, drinking, and when I say drinking, I mean drinking, and uh, the, it was a view of the Sydney Harbour Bridge and a giant, giant incandescent full moon, and then behind us to the right, um, the uh, staggering, unbelievable architecture redolent of the uh, 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 you know, First Nations indigenous people here, of the, the um, astonishing um, Sydney Opera House, and we sat there in absolute rapture and awe, um, contemplating uh, the unconceivable fortune of our lives. And I think there's no better way to start uh, a show than by talking about how lucky you are. <laughs> really let people know <laughs> about the humility that courses through your veins. <laughs> I would say, aside from my ego, humility is the strongest part of my game. <laughs> I've received a couple gifts here. I didn't really get to talk to everyone before the show. We've had very little time to sort anything out. The, the nature of this trip has been, first of all, let me talk about this bottle of vodka that I was uh, given here by the club. Uh, Bex, who's on the comm tonight, uh, said to me, um, uh, the people who sorted out the vodka, she said, the vodka, what was the phrase you used? It's just middling, was it? <laughs> yeah, she goes, I don't know what it was. She said, it's, it's just something. It's a vodka brand called O8. I think that's what it says. I'm gonna use the light on my phone here, which is gonna be quite an adventure for all of us because <laughs> as Brad and Colin have learned over the last week, I can neither see nor hear. <laughs> oh, 18, oh, 08, which is a very significant year in Australian history. It's the year the first white person died in the outback. And, um, uh, I'm drinking some right now, and it's delicious. It's like medicinal, and so much as it's an antiseptic. And so I don't think anything bad can happen to me because my... So last night we sat outside and drank a bottle of vodka and a bottle of wine, and uh, we really had a groovy time. Thank you uh, for this. And someone's given me a, a lemon here with a bow around it. And there's really no greater gift in Australia than the gift... By the way, the bar upstairs doesn't have a lemon. I asked for a lemon in my vodka, and uh, uh, Christine, who's with the JFL organization, uh, uh, said they don't have lemons here. But now I have finally got a lemon. Uh, so, uh, it, and it's a seedless lemon. It's a Eureka lemon, class one, um, serial number four three zero four, and it's marked Australian. So it's not a lemon; it's a lemon. Um, I have no way to cut it open, so I'm going to take this back to my room with me, and uh, this lemon and I are going to get to know each other a little bit later. <laughs> I've also received a book here. I, thank you, whoever gave me the lemon. I don't know. Who, who's the lemon people? Hi, what's your name, Pumpkin? Lee. Lee? Thank you, Lee, for that lemon. I appreciate it. And then someone's given me this book here called The Rolling Stone Stroke Omnibus Press Rock and Roll Reader. Jimi Hendrix, Elvis Presley, The Doors, The Smiths, Rolling Stones, Bob Dylan, Pink Floyd, Guns N' Roses, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Marley, The Beatles, Queen, Led Zeppelin, and Graham Parsons. So the diversity is astonishing. There's one black person and no women. So, <laughs> two black people. Sorry, Jimmy. 
Somebody say stop. Stop. Uh, okay. Uh, where are we here? I don't know which star we're on. Uh, Crazy Diamond. Sid Barrett and the Dawn of Pink Floyd. In the world of rock and roll, enigma is a somewhat overused term, but Pink Floyd's Sid Barrett was the real thing. My favorite Sid Barrett story is years later, oh, everybody always said Sid Barrett was a recluse, right? He started Pink Floyd uh, with Nick Mason, and David Gilmour wasn't in the band then. And I have a David Gilmour story. Uh, Jennifer and I were doing, uh, uh, I was doing this, uh, uh, like, I don't know, was it a benefit or a banquet or something? We were staying at a friend's house in London, and I was high as fuck, and I got a phone call from one of my agents who went, remember you're supposed to do this gig tonight? And I was like, oh shit. So I put on my suit, and we went to this hotel, like the Grosvenor or something, and uh, uh, um, we, we showed up, and uh, there was all these tables full of rock stars and shit. And in those days, it was, what's her name from, um, uh, uh, golly, what was her name? Uh, Shakespeare's sister. Uh, so it was, right, it was um, Marcy Detroit and what was the woman's name from Shakespeare's sister, the, the mad one with the, the black hair. And uh, David Gilmore was uh, sitting at uh, one table in front and Nick Mason, the drummer from Pink Floyd, was at another table and he said to Jennifer, would you like to sit down? And we went, no, we're not going to be that long. And he said, really, would you like to sit down? And we went, no, we won't be that long. And he went, I've tried to show you every kindness. <laughs> so finally we sat down and the lead singer of the group Free that did All Right Now walked by and he went, oh, look, there's a rock god. That's what we call them. And... <laughs> David Gilmore proceeded to get shit-faced, red-faced fucking drunk uh, during the, the gig, and a bunch of comments got up, so I got up to do a set, and at that point I was pretty high, and I turned to David Gilmore and I went, David, remember this? Which is from uh, Pigs, is it? Um, and, uh, yeah. One of my jokes then was, uh, um, uh, I went to Euro Disney, and everyone's expected to be polite. And where's the one place you could expect everyone to be polite? Um, working in an amusement park, Paris. And <laughs> so Sid Barrett about that time in the 90s was sitting, uh, Sid as you know left the group and uh, um, one time met uh, by chance who was at the Harrods candy shop. Sid's predilection after he left Pink Floyd wasn't acid anymore, but was sweets, right? Sid Barrett like ate sweets by the bag and by sweets, I mean candy for our American friends. I have to clear everything up. Right? I know you guys know what they are, but remember, there's a lot of Americans listening to this. And Americans are provincial. So when I say provincial, I mean parochial. And by parochial, I mean they don't know shit. So you have to tell them what a windscreen is. A windscreen? Windscreen like a screen in the wind? No, I mean a fucking windshield. So a bean chicken? Is that a chicken that lives? No, it's an ibis that eats garbage. So. <laughs> He was at Harrods and he had a bag of like fucking all sorts or whatever. And uh, David Gilmore caught him and like goes, Sid. And he evidently Sid dropped the bag and ran away from David Gilmore. <laughs> and uh, by this point, Pink Floyd was huge. Now we've already had Wish You Were Here and, and Dark Side of the Moon and all that. And of course, Crazy Diamond is about Sid and all that. Uh, and so Sid was watching, I think, like Division Bell on television with his sister. And by the way, he wasn't a recluse. He rode around the town he was in, that he lived in and he gardened and he had a bike and whatnot. Um, and he was watching one of the Pink Floyd specials on TV and he turned to his sister and went, why do people like this? <laughs> <laughs> Which I always thought was really funny. Uh, and I always thought the same thing. Uh, like that. Thank you very much for this book. Who gave me this book? What's, what's your name? Uh, Jacob and my brother Isaac. Jacob and, you, and your brother Ivar? <laughs> Jacob and Isaac, like 
the Bible. Jacob and Isaac. Yes. Wow, it is like the Bible. Where's Esau? <laughs> you left him at home, did you? Or is he wandering the desert and shit like that? Uh, looks like there's a Beatles. Oh, there's a Beatles interview here and shit. Um, the Beatles press conference. Um, do you believe in lunacy? Ringo. Yeah, it's healthy. But aren't you embarrassed by all the lunacy? Ringo. No, it's crazy. <laughs> Ringo, why do you wear two rings on each hand? Ringo, because I can't fit them through my nose. <laughs> do you think it's wrong to set a bad example to teenagers smoking the way you do? Ringo, it's better than being alcoholics. <laughs> Which, of course, Ringo was later. But now he's not. Uh, yeah, it's really awesome. Thank you very much for the gifts. I appreciate it. No weed, I noticed, but there you are. Um, I know. Weed's an issue here in Australia. I don't know. I don't think it's legal and shit. Although I've scored weed in Australia before. On previous trips... <laughs> I don't want the raws running me down here. The first time I came to Australia uh, in 1997, we were staying at a hotel in King's Cross... Um, with the Jim Rose Circus, and, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, it was really fucking seedy. Jim was telling us how he was arguing with this prostitute over whether he could, I can't even describe it, it was so <laughs> vile beyond measure. There was a lot of prostitutes and heroin floating around. Jennifer and I lasted, I think, three nights before we moved to a different place. When it was the first time I had Australian brekkie, right? Which is uh, ricotta pancakes, which is a very uh, special thing here. And of course, flat whites, uh, which Australia gave to the world. Avocado toast, which I believe is also an Australian creation. And uh, um, uh, uh, Australian food is magnificent in every form. Uh, the, uh, the Tasmanian salmon, uh, um, 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 the Morton Bay bugs, um, the barramundi. I had a barramundi croquette today. Um, and, and uh, uh, there's the myriad of uh, Australian food is uh, magnificent in so many zillions of ways. Um, however, brekkie here is a special, extra special treat because there's crispy bacon and whatnot, and birch obviously uh, with uh, loads of yogurt on it. But the ricotta pancakes and avocado toast um, have swept America. I want you to know that uh, everywhere in California you can get avocado toast now. And uh, we do it just the way you do it here, except without the flair. And uh, <laughs> every single cup of flat white you get here has a little perfect Christmas tree in it. Although the other day, Colin got one and he went, oh, look, I have a little penis on mine. <laughs> and in fact, it was a perfectly formed small white penis. <laughs> Turned out it was mine and I had just left it on this <laughs> because I wasn't that excited about what we were eating. <laughs> uh, because it was Thanksgiving in uh, America yesterday, I wanted to just uh, be super sentimental because uh, I think Australia strikes the balance between England and the United States. Um, you have emotions here, which is nice. And um, <laughs> if, you, if you get sentimental in England, you get booed off the goddamn stage. <laughs> in England, you can never ever thank the compare uh, when you come on stage, you can never say it's nice to be here because no one gives a shit if you think it's nice to be there. You can never say we're glad to be here or anything like that or I've enjoyed myself or I like your town or anything like that because people are like, tell a joke. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but you can in Australia, because people actually have human emotions here. Um, kind of like Ireland, it's sort of the difference, right? Like Irish people and Australian people have human emotions, and they'll go like, oh good, we're glad you liked it. Um, uh, Americans, of course, you know, are over-enthusiastic about everything, because you'll go like, I was in Cincinnati, and someone will go, fucking Cincinnati! And you're like, really? You're overexcited about Cincinnati. I've been there, it's not that fucking great. There's Confederate flags just outside of town. Calm down. Calm down, Ohio. Um, although, I will say this, um, we play funk music uh, before the show everywhere we go, and uh, I've convinced the little uh, other group that I'm in, the one with Ryan, to, we have a funk playlist before the show. And when we play places like um, uh, Wisconsin, and Michigan and places like that, the white people sit like this, stone stock still, and just stare at the stage. When we play Ohio, everywhere in Ohio, all the white people are like, fucking yeah. Because for some reason, Ohio is the funkiest state in the fucking union. I have no idea why. The Miami Valley in Ohio, as we've discussed on the show before, has produced 35 funk groups. of Bootsy Collins and his brother Catfish are from the Miami Valley. Uh, slave, uh, um, uh, uh, um, uh, Zap with Roger. Uh, uh, there's a bajillion uh, funk groups from Ohio. So white people there are used to it. But then you get up in the, into the uh, upper Midwest and, and white people are like, mm, until you get to Minneapolis, when again the funk prevails. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not certain why the funk subsides. <laughs> because I believe it was George Duke who said, uh, step aside and let the funk preside. <laughs> Is it possible to form a human chain, or can Angel, can you go upstairs and get me another glass of ice? I know it's kind of England-y here, and that ice is a commodity that's hard to come by sometimes. <laughs> For instance, there's no, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Oh look, three cubes, that's so cute. There's no ice machines in any hotels. Like in America, there's always an ice machine in your hotel because we're white trash. And um, sometimes there's washing machines on floors in your room and a hotel in America, but there's always an ice machine down the hall. And then the ice machine will dump out. And if you're staying next to the ice machine in that room next to the ice machine, every half hour or so it'll go. <laughs> and there's a weird alpine avalanche next to your room. But you know you can go next door and get a bunch of ice and then go back to your room and get your fucking swerve on. In Australia, you have to call downstairs and they go, yeah, can I help you? And you're like, can I have a bucket of ice? And they're like, yeah, in the next year. Um, <laughs> we'll get around to that. Uh, so uh, I've noticed that uh, uh, when you order a drink here, sometimes you, you get a minimum vice, but I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Angel. I appreciate it. Wh what's your name? I know I'm calling you Angel, but I call... Heather. 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 Um, <laughs> thank you, Heather. That's uh, so sweet of you. Um, uh, I just wanted to, because I said it was Thanksgiving yesterday, I wanted to give thanks, uh, I, and I hope you'll indulge me on this, uh, to the JFL uh, Festival. Uh, this is my fourth JFL Festival this year. I was in Bermuda in January for what can only be described as the smallest comedy festival in the world. Bermuda <laughs> is a small white principality that's an island off the coast of North Carolina. Um, it's not in the Caribbean, by the way, even though the Beach Boys included it in their crappy song, Kokomo. <laughs> and, uh, what is it? Bermuda, Jamaica. I don't know what the words are. What is it? Oh, Bermuda, Bahama. Yeah, that's right. Something, computer, computer. Who gives a shit? It's the worst fucking song of all time. Key Largo, Montego. Baby, why can't we go? Really? Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. That's a shitty rhyme. 
computer, skimpooter, I like NASA scooter, and a llama, pajama, I've got on pajama, really? Really? Bermuda in January, it's beautiful, it's temperate and calm. You can go there if you're pregnant, um, because there's no mosquitoes. They spray the shit out of every boat that comes in, and so there was pregnant women all over the beach. I'm not kidding, we went to the beach in Bermuda, and I'm not a beachy guy, as you know, I wear a suit to the beach. And um, uh, Jennifer and I went to the beach, and, uh, and my boyfriend too, and we, we all went to the beach, and there was pregnant women everywhere, and at one point, Jennifer said finally to one of the pregnant women, why, why did you come here? And she went, there's no mosquitoes, you can't get Zika, right? Because the United States is rife with Zika. Uh, which is a, a virus that's borne by mosquitoes, uh, as is, of course, ignorance. And <laughs> by the way, the United States is a second world country. In case you were wondering anymore, uh, there's 96 shootings a day in the United States and we have Zika. So in case you were thinking about holidaying in the United States, I would, I would limit it to like Disneyland. Because probably nothing bad will happen except you'll get lost in the car park. And your car will be lost in the Tinkerbell section, which is good fun. Because they drive you around the car park in Disneyland and they'll go, Tinkerbell, Tinkerbell. And you're like, we're in Tinkerbell. Which is gayer than it could possibly be. You're in Orange County, and by the way, Orange County went completely blue. There is not one Republican elected official in Orange County. Don't let anyone tell you different. This election was cataclysmic. So uh, I want to thank uh, everyone at JFL. I want to thank Christine uh, and Bruce, of course, uh, who helped us out here. I want to thank uh, Adrian and Seb and Alana, who, who are producing our show. I want to thank Mr. Sean Richards, who's our tour manager, who's looking after us, who's here tonight with us, and uh, has been calling us bin chickens the last few days, which is, uh, I think, a, a big movement forward. And uh, he's been uh, taking care of us here. Colin and Brad, of course, um, who I've been carrying for the last week. And... Um, uh, uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and how much uh, unbelievable uh, fortune and luck we've been had over the years. Uh, Colin and I were talking about it the other night. We were in Perth and we were at a place called Kekes. And um, we were having seafood and we had the Red Emperor. There's another Australian delicacy. Uh, we had a dozen oysters to start the show. And then uh, we had the Red Emperor. And uh, a beautiful white fish, uh, kind of a, what did Brad say? It was like, what, what if snapper and... Uh, 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 another white fish got together and uh, <laughs> couldn't find an analogy in my mind and um, it was gorgeous and, and then uh, Brad ordered a big bowl of, uh, of uh, truffle oil mashed potatoes which we all ate with our hands and um, <laughs> it was so good uh, and uh, Colin and I were standing out in front and he said um, you know sometimes kids will say to me by kids of course we because Colin and I are middle-aged, and by middle-aged I mean we're going to live to be 125 years old. <laughs> Kids will go, I want a career in improv! And you're like, no one has a career in improv. As Brad puts it, there are more astronauts that have a career than there are people who make money doing improv. There's eight of us. So, good fucking luck on that one. Uh, we all got on Who's Line, and uh, we were old when we got on Who's Line, and we started touring when we were 40. 
and uh, that was a while ago. So um, yeah, hooray. Uh, so uh, thanks to those people at Who's Line, Dan and Mark and whatnot. Uh, we'll be at Royal Albert Hall in uh, December. <laughs> it's allowed us to go around the world and be the um, uh, lustful inebriates. Lustful, did I say? Um, the um, lushful inebriates that we are and jazz like uh, that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I was I had probably had a lot more planned for that, but it really didn't happen. Um, <laughs> we've got to start the show, really. We have a limited amount of time here. For some reason at this club, we have to be done before midnight, and that's been stressed to me so many times that I can't tell you. If I don't know what happens at midnight here, but my understanding is the lemon turns into a mouse. <laughs> And that each and every one of you turns into a pumpkin, and that we can't get home, and that later I find a shoe. <laughs> and that I have to marry the person that the shoe fits. Oh, cherry ripes. The boys had never had a cherry ripe before. Now, I'd been here before. And before I came to Oz the first time, uh, a woman I know who used to be Rich Hall's manager, named Melanie in um, London, said to me, was her name Melanie? I can't fucking remember her name. Anyway, <laughs> said to me, uh, uh, um, uh, you, if you know how to change your mind, no one know. And she goes, before you leave Australia, you will buy a bag of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I bought them all cherry ripes, and they were pretty chuffed about it. <laughs> Except Brad, who doesn't like coconut. But, um, <laughs> uh, they are delicious. I love the last time I toured here in 2010, um, my rider was a bottle of red wine and two cherry ripes. I know, right? Um, and of course, Tim Tams, which uh, I, t I taught the boys the other night the Tim Tam Slam because they didn't actually know it. Uh, for those of you who are listening in other countries, um, I don't have time to describe the Tim Tam Slam to you. It's a complicated process. You, you, you take your shirt off. Uh, you cover yourself with the precious oils. Uh, you, have to, you have to have a piece of avocado toast. A, you sit on a ricotta pancake. You know, there's a barramundi swims by. And then a red emperor is put on your head. It's, a, it's a really it's, it's astonishing how much goes on before you can slam a Tim Tam. But they're, they're one of the great bickies of all time. Or if you're an American, keke. Um, one of the great kekes of all time. Um, and like that. Uh, William Goldman is swirling in the heavens. William Goldman uh, is a novelist and most significantly a screenwriter. Um, the reason why I bring up William Goldman is because he wrote several things, one of which is uh, uh, si wildly significant to improvisers everywhere who play the game called Freeze Tag uh, because um, he wrote the movie The Princess Bride. He also wrote the novel The Princess Bride, which is wildly popular with people. Not my favorite William Goldman movie, but I know a lot of you like it, so I'm not going to diminish it in any way. And the line is, my name is Inigo Montoyo. You killed my father. Yeah, see everybody have it. Thank you. I'm going to turn the mic this way. Let's try that again. My name is Thank you. Um, when you're playing the game Freeze Tag, if anyone's standing um, uh, uh, arms 
akimbo with someone else, um, they can do that line, and it inevitably kills, because everyone has seen the picture. Um, he also wrote the line, follow the money, which isn't in the novel, uh, uh, or, or rather the book, of by Woodward and Bernstein of All the President's Men. Um, Hal Holbrook in the corner as Deep Throat, meeting um, Woodward and Bernstein as played by uh, Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford in the movie All the President's Men, smoking the cigarette uh, in the garage when he meets, or garage, when he meets them, uh, uh, says, follow the money. He wrote that line, follow the money, and in his book, Adventures in the Screen Trade, uh, which is a novel about writing in Hollywood, wrote, Nobody Knows Anything, which is another astonishing line. My favorite William Goldman movie is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which is um, a, a picture I think I've seen more than any other movie. I'm To put it this way, I'm forbidden to watch it at home. <laughs> if Jennifer catches me watching it, I have to flip away. Or she'll walk in. This is my impression of Jennifer. If I'm watching the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, here's me watching the movie. This is my impression of Jennifer walking into the room while I'm watching the movie Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Hey, Greg, I thought... Oh, fuck. <laughs> the reason she won't watch it is because I recite every line along with the movie. <laughs> The lines that Jennifer will always do is, morons. I've got morons on my team. No one is going to rob us going down the mountain. We have got no money going down the mountain. See, you don't even know. You haven't seen the movie, but I have a lot of times, and it's really fucking good. If you haven't seen the movie, Butch Cassidy, uh, it's got Robert Redford and Paul Newman, and they're super, super, super fucking sexy in it. It's ostensibly a Western, but a lot of the movie is about Robert Redford's hair. It takes place at the turn of the century, meaning the 19th into the 20th century, but Robert Redford's hair is from 1969. And their orthodonture is perfect. And uh, Strother Martin's in it, and um, uh, it's really, really a funny movie. And uh, uh, I know it's a Western, but it's still really funny. And uh, the line from that movie that is repeated over and over again is, who are those guys? Um, but there's a lot of very funny... Uh, there, there's a scene where the, the posse's chasing him and they're hiding in a, a, a rocky area and they're watching the posse chase them and the posse's coming across the rocks and uh, Robert Redford goes, do you remember that time we went to Denver on vacation? And Paul Newman goes, that's a real important issue considering our situation, kid. I'm glad you brought that up. Because we ate dinner at the hotel, yeah. You had chicken, I had roast beef and I can remember, if I can remember what Ed had, I'll die a happy man. <laughs> Rob Reiner, who directed The Princess Bride. Losing Bill Goldman made me cry. My favorite book of all time is The Princess Bride. I was honored he allowed me to make it into a movie. I visited him last Saturday. He was very weak, but his mind still had the Goldman edge. I told him I loved him. I loved him. He smiled and said, fuck you. <laughs> Just sensational. Really, truly sensational. Uh, okay. Uh, there's uh, now, well, sometimes, you know, I got a bunch of serious shit teed up, but I'm not that much in the mood for it tonight. I know you guys want it, so I'll do it. I know. There's someone in the back. Yes. This little bit, because uh, we're here in Oz. Um, what the fuck did you send me, Sean? Oh, thank you for that. 
uh, Van Batum, who I follow here on Twitter in um, uh, Australia, 2,000 people in buckets of rain in the Melbourne uh, CBD today in the walk against family violence, an incredible display of commitment and solidarity in the campaign to end violence against women and children. Uh, well done, uh, the people of Melbourne today. Uh, and uh, what an incredible, whoop, Jesus Christ. Um, and there's a picture and a video of that. Uh, there's nothing more important than standing up for women and children. Uh, in the United States, uh, uh, the, today, there was yet another uh, mass shooting, of course, and there was a, a doctor shot this week, again, by her boyfriend. Uh, men in the United States feel ever so free um, to shoot uh, women they've been abusing and, uh, and, and children, of course. Uh, and there's no end to it. Uh, women are murderers because they want to uh, be able to control their own bodies and have abortions. But men aren't murderers. Men are just exercising their right to uh, take a gun anywhere they want into a public place and shoot the women that they uh, can't contain their uncontrollable rage over and or shoot children. Um, and it's a situation that needs to be rectified uh, this goddamn instant. So I'm not sure what we can do except to um, stand with our sisters and uh, our children at all times. I'm so bloody sick of it, I could spit blood um, through every orifice of my body and my eyeballs being as red as they are will indicate to you that um, my anger is um, for real. I can't, it, it, it's inconceivable to me that we allow this to go on time and time again and for countless millennia that women are um, disappeared, killed, abused, beaten, that children are um, abused, killed, beaten, and that men get off the hook for it because men run the media and because that men run the narrative and because men run the government and because men are fascists and because men are Nazis and because men are violent and because men indulge their violence and because other men let men indulge their violence. Um, I need all of uh, my brothers uh, to stand the fuck up uh, for everyone. Uh, even in the smallest way, um, when your um, crappy uncle, when your fucked up cousin, when your friend says some bullshit, that's when you have to fucking stand up. Right here, right now, and for all time. That's when you have to be there for women. Um, it can't go on forever and ever. And the only way to stop it is case by case, one thing at a time. Everything is incremental and all politics are personal all the time. As far as guns go, that's a giant issue that's got to be solved and will because uh, in the United States, um, the, the face of the government has changed irrevocably uh, come January with uh, the flooding of a hundred women into the Congress. Believe me, that will be a monumental change. But in Australia, It's so imperative, nothing's more imperative. I say it all the time on the show, and it's true every time I say it, and I'm going to keep saying it again and again, and I, at the risk of being tedious. Nothing's more important than women's rights. Really, nothing's more important. The whole world revolves around it. Um, whether it's um, uh, 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 um, genital mutilation, whether it's abuse, whether it's uh, allowing women to have health care. If women don't have autonomy over their physical being, if women don't have the uh, 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 option to have an abortion, if women don't have health care, access to health care, if women don't have recourse against men who are abusing them, if women don't have any of these things because men won't let them have it, 
Um, that changes the world all the time. I was driving by the um, police museum today here in Sydney, and yeah. Um, this is um, next year uh, in the United States, uh, the 100th anniversary of women's suffrage in the United States for white women. And my mother was born in 1919. Um, she's quite dead now, but um, I knew her. So it's not like it was a million years ago, and it's not like it's that far away. I realize I'm old, I'm older than you, but um, I knew my mother, and my mother was born the year, uh, the year before, or, or rather uh, 1920, when it happened in the United States, um, that women got the right to vote in the United States, white women. And um, American uh, Indians in the United States weren't recognized as citizens until 1924. So uh, the march of progress, as they say, uh, is quite slow, but is recognized and does move forward. And no amount of fascism and no amount of Mr. Morrison and no amount of Mr. Trump and no amount of Ms. May and no amount of, uh, of, of all these bloody ass um, right wing dictators all over the goddamn world will stop that. Um, they feel that they will, and this is the last gasp of fascism, and that's why there are so many um, right-wing, hateful uh, Nazis raising their heads right now. You can smell it in the air. It's not so much that it's the 30s, it's that the demographics of the world have pushed everyone into a corner that doesn't want to concede the smallest bit of power to all of us. And, um, and by all of us, I mean um, LGBTQ people, uh, people of color, um, all of us who were pushed around when we were little, all of us who were, uh, like me, effeminate, um, all of us who uh, uh, didn't have a voice. Um, say you were, um, as my poetry teacher said to me in high school or junior college, I caught the anti-intellectual drift early on in school. If you were too smart and you liked writing and reading too much, um, you were certainly shut down by one, the other teachers, and by two, the students. Um, and that's a terrible state of affairs. And uh, uh, that's fascism, isn't it? Uh, fascism is uh, the stuffing of um, the creative impulse. Fascism is um, stuffing people's rights. And that's how I feel about it. Maybe I'm being wildly idealistic. Obviously, the reality is that it's going to carry on and that requires a fight every day and every night and that people have to get up and do that shit. But understand that they are every single day. If 2,000 people marched in Melbourne today in the driving rain and um, the giant election that happened in America and... You see what's happened in uh, Germany and France. It, it, it's happening everywhere all the time. We outnumber them, god damn it. <laughs> in, in the Arab world, the press today, I saw a cartoon of uh, uh, Trump being, uh, uh, his hands being washed of blood over Prince Salman's body. So everyone's quite aware of what's going on. There is no more disconnection anymore and there's no more separation between all of us. We know 
Thank you, my precious love. Thank you, Bax. You're so sweet. My goodness, what a giant glass. Why, this is an invitation to drink. And of course, alcohol always helps to ease the pain. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not advocating the use of alcohol. I'm like Ringo. <laughs> Moving on from that, I will say this. Um, if you're on Facebook, and you're still on Facebook, I, I knocked Facebook in the head pretty much like MySpace um, a while ago. You have to understand that Facebook, like a banking company here in Australia, where there's a giant uh, investigation going on right now into the corruption, <clears throat> and uh, uh, an oil company or um, an insurance company like in Bermuda, <clears throat> uh, Facebook is interested in two things, profit and growth. And even though Sheryl Sandberg and Mark Zuckerberg are part of the tribe, and by the tribe, I mean Jews. <laughs> Sean uh, asked me today, he said, what kind of name is Proops? And I said, scatological. <laughs> Years ago, I was in Germany with Jennifer in Mainz. And uh, Mainz is the uh, apex of the Roman Empire as far as the northern border went, right? They tried during the reign of Augustus. Um, they got as far as uh, the Rhine, and they were going to expand even further. When, of course, Varus um, uh, lost the legions at the Teutonberg Vold. N not to get into too technical a bullshit here, but uh, we went to um, the Kupenberg um, Champagnery, and the Baron von Kupenberg met us. This is some time ago, 2006. And the Baron came, and he was 92 or 3, and a beautiful champagnery. We were taken down, um, six, six stories down, by the way, it went eight stories down, um, into the ground. And it had been dug during the Roman era. And he said um, to us, the Baron, he had a British accent, that's how posh he was. <laughs> he was a German with a British accent. And we were late. Right? We were late. He was wearing a suit with a tie, a tan suit. And when we showed up, he went like this. <laughs> and I was hosting this show. Well, me and Drew Carey were, but Drew couldn't be bothered. So I went. <laughs> so we went to the Kuppenberg Winery. Uh, at the top, inside the, or, or rather the Champagnery, in the Champagnery in the top, um, like that lamp, Lewis Comfort Tiffany lamps with the K. Their logo was a K backwards like a champagne flute, right? Like that. It's so gorgeous, right? So the Lewis Comfort Tiffany had done fucking their lamps upstairs. So we were taken downstairs. So champagne has to be kept at a certain temperature and it has to be kept fantastically tilted so that the corks are wet, right? And they're in wooden pallets. So that the corks, they're not kept like that, they're kept like that, so that the corks are wet. And we got down to the sixth floor, and it was down jacket cold down there. And he goes, the Romans built this. And I said, Baron, the Romans? And he went, well, the Germans, the Romans went, get down there and fucking build it. <laughs> so he took Jennifer aside at one point when I wasn't talking to him, and he said, what's your husband's name? And she said, Proops. And he went, ah, 
I knew many proofs before the war. <laughs> Which is why I bring up the Jew thing. So, you know, oh. So, uh, Sheryl Sandberg, who wrote Lean In, <laughs> and Mark Zuckerberg, who has taken over San Francisco. Um, Facebook said Wednesday evening, by the way, they released this right before Thanksgiving, this information. This is from Forbes magazine, which is nobody's idea of a liberal rag. <laughs> um, you'll forgive me, my eyesight. Um, look at the George, sorry. Facebook said Wednesday evening it had asked definers that you've, you've been following this, I hope, and asked definers public affairs to look into George Soros funding activities. George Soros is a Hungarian who's an enormous philanthropist and a billionaire. He escaped from the Holocaust uh, and World War II as a child. I've met George Soros at an ACLU um, affair several years ago. He gives millions, and when I say millions, I mean like hundreds of millions of dollars to the American Civil Liberties Union. He is a philanthropist of the highest caliber. He is anything but a Nazi. You may have heard in recent days, Orange 45 has cited him, Chuck Grassley, a lot of the Republicans have cited them. This is pure and simple anti-Semitism of a Nazi caliber. Um, a la uh, the 1930s, by saying George Soros, it's not a dog whistle, it's a straight-up anti-Semitism, Rothschild, the Jews are controlling the media, the Jews are controlling the thing. To look into George Soros funding activities after the billionaire philanthropist called the Social Network a menace to society in 2018, and Facebook called for a deeper investigation of its critics. We had not heard such criticism from him before and wanted to determine if it had any financial motivation, wrote outgoing communications head Elliot Srage. So they've dumped it all on Elliot Srage, right? He's leaving. So they've made him the one who is responsible for all of it. And Sheryl Sandberg and Mark Zuckerberg said they didn't know anything about it. It was Elliot Srage. <laughs> so if you're on Facebook, I urge you to drop Facebook. I know that your aunt's on Facebook. I know that your grandmother's on Facebook. I know they're posting memes and pictures of unicorns and little maxims and shit like that. That's the hard part. I had to cut my sister off. <laughs> it's so imperative to hit them where they live. These jokers understand one thing and that's fucking money. And I'm serious about that when I say it. Thank you. Um, if you cut Mark Zuckerberg off uh, and the money off from him, then he will cease to exist. First of all, he's refused to testify in front of about, what, six or seven different countries who want him to come in and talk about what the fuck is going on. They weaponized Brexit. They weaponized the American election. Big time. We know that the same characters are involved in the whole thing. Cambridge Analytica, Steve Bannon, yeah. the Mercers, all these billionaires. I'm not being a conspiracy theorist. I don't live in a van. I don't have tinfoil on my windows. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a kook here. I'm just telling you what's what. Um, uh, because no one else will. Uh, I mean, everyone else will. Uh, it, it's easy to find. <laughs> it's easy to find. I'm just saying. 
Facebook is not a benign thing because it's on the internet any more than Jack from Twitter is or the people from Google. And by the way, um, what's his name? Mr. Parker, Sean Parker, who was one of the founders of Facebook, has also given lots of money to right-wing causes. These are not benign people who believe in liberal things. They're venture capitalists who believe in profit and growth. And they have to be cut off at the fucking knees and then they have to be jailed if you want my goddamn opinion. And by the way, we have a few minutes left here. Oh, there's songs and shit. We're gonna get to the, we're gonna get to the fun part. Uh, I, I hate to talk about Orange 45 at all, but I'm gonna ever so briefly here. Um, the sociopathy of uh, the wealthy is, uh, of course, renowned and well-known. Um, uh, in the last few weeks, uh, 45, or the last week even, 45, you know, we, we found out Ivanka was using her emails. Um, he made some phone calls today that were just shocking beyond all measure to different military things and said that, what was it, you have to be Einstein to use steam to launch planes from a carrier? And... <laughs> I try to ignore everything he says because he's a raging moron, one. And two, he's a sociopath. But really, if you want to know why he's such a sociopath, and by that I mean devoid of empathy and not a human being. And I really mean that in, in, the, in, um, in a sense of like a, a serial killer or a, a, a dictator like... Um, I don't want to elevate him to the Mussolini or Hitler level because Hitler and Mussolini were organized. And, <laughs> you know, Stalin was a poet and Mussolini loved the arts. And, you know, Hitler wanted to be an artist. And, as Jermaine Clement said, support the arts. Um, uh, uh, he doesn't support the arts. He doesn't have any truck with that. Um, they asked him about Thanksgiving today and what does he give thanks for? And he said, my family. And it's an easy question. It's a softball. If I was a politician, and I'm glib, as you know, uh, and reassuringly shallow, <laughs> if you said, what am I thankful for? I'd go, oh, my wife and, you know, puppies and uh, chocolate pudding. And, you know, I would have an answer. He said, I'm thankful for my family and for myself and the great job that I've done. <laughs> That's a sociopath. That's a sociopath. He has no empathy at all. He's not a human being. And I mean that seriously. He's not a human being. He's a shell of a human being. He understands human what a human being is. He can recognize it. He sees it, but he isn't one himself. Any more than a person who kills people and buries them in the basement or hangs them in his closet or whatever. That's where he's coming from. Uh, everything's a lie. Everything is a charade. As Pink Floyd said, ha ha, Sherrod, you are. Um, and so that's disturbing to me. And what's even more disturbing and more um, shocking is that the entire Republican Party is willing to go along with this and thinks that they're going to run an election in 2020 based on this. In the face of the fact that a bunch of queer people, American Indians, gay people and people of color are invading and investing and infesting Congress and every state house uh, in the United States. Um, uh, let's see here. The lieutenant governor of uh, Minnesota, oh, foochie choochie chooch. 
Uh, well, I'm never going to find it. There it is. The, the, the lieutenant governor of Minnesota is named Peggy Flanagan. She's a 39-year-old member of the White Earth Nation of the Ojibwe. She's the first Native American elected to statewide office in Minnesota. She's the first executive uh, in the history of the United States. She'll be lieutenant governor of Minnesota. Um, the United States has a terrible record, um, a little bit like Australia. <laughs> with uh, indigenous First Nations people. Um, Thanksgiving is a mixed bag. It's a wonderful day, and so much as um, giving thanks is an awesome thing. It's also um, a terrible day, and so much as why would anyone who was there before white people ever give a shit about anything that white people did and pretend that there was this big hilarious like dinner that we all had together when the pilgrims were grave robbers uh, and that uh, there was no rights whatsoever given to any. Um, I'll read you this poem and then we're going to have some songs and then we're going to end on some fucking laughs, goddammit. <laughs> uh, by the way, Alcatraz uh, has an unThanksgiving day every year. I'm from San Francisco. Alcatraz is an island in the bay in San Francisco when I was a child. It was taken over by the Indians several times, uh, notably in 1969 for an 18-month stint. Um, Alcatraz means pelican in Spanish. Um, the Unthanksgiving Day commemorates a pivotal event in 20th century indigenous activism. The occupation of the former penal island by Richard Oakes and a coalition of indigenous activists from November 69 to June 71. The participants operated under the banner Indians of All Tribes took place at a time of heightened Native American activism. They had an event there um, yesterday. This is a poem. Jennifer gave me all this, by the way. I want you to know that one, I miss her. Two, I wish she was here. Three, I had lunch today at a restaurant that uh, her and I ate at 10 years ago, and uh, uh, it was the one day that I wish she was here. Uh, not that I don't wish she was here the whole time, <laughs> but it's not that I don't want her to be here, but Colin and Brad and I have been moving very quickly. And, uh, there, there hasn't been a... Colin and Brad's significant others aren't here either, and uh, um, it, it hasn't been a, a really great time to be a couple on the road. Colin and Brad and I have been forced to make love to each other. <laughs> Furious. <laughs> but today when I was eating lunch is when I, I, I miss her every moment, but... She sent me all these things uh, today, uh, the, uh, including the item about uh, the Ojibwe, uh, Ms. Flanagan, who will be the lieutenant, lieutenant, if you prefer. <laughs> the Last Wolf by Mary Tall Mountain. Uh, this is from Poem Hunter. The last wolf hurried toward me through the ruined city, and I heard his bang echoes down the steep, smashed warrens of Montgomery Street, that's San Francisco and past the few ruby-crowned high-rises left standing, their lighted elevators useless, passing the flicking red and green of traffic signals baying his way eastward. In the mystery of his wild loping gait, closer the sounds in the deadly night through clutter and rubble of quiet blocks, I heard his voice ascending the hill and at last his low whine as he came floor by empty floor to the room where I sat in my narrow bed looking west. 
waiting. I heard him snuffle at the door and I watched. He trotted across the floor. He laid his long gray muzzle on the spare, white spread and his eyes burned yellow. His small dotted eyebrows quivered. Yes, I said, I know what they have done. Uh, that was Mary Tall Mountain. Now, let's get to what's what. This is Australia, and there's uh, several awesome things about Australia, one of which is the fucking Bee Gees. <laughs> um, Bex, are you still back there? Will you spin that jam? This is my favorite Bee Gees song. I'll be honest, my favorite Bee Gees song, and this is going to be sad, and you guys are going to fucking be like, Greg, really, this is sad, is Fanny Be Tender With My Love. <laughs> but it's too sad to play. So I'm going to play my other favorite Bee Gees song, which is this one, and spin that shit. Really fucking loud. play this in tribute. Uh, in 1978, my cousin Donnie and I, who you may remember from previous episodes, went to an ACDC concert in San Jose. We wore uh, scarves and sport coats and dressed up, and we pretended to be English. Yeah, because it was then. And the headlining act was Ronnie Montrose, don't even ask. And ACDC was the featured act, and Angus had a sneaky cordless guitar, which in 1978 was big shit. It, he, his, his guitar was not plugged into an amp. He actually had a, he was free to roam. So at one point during the show, Angus fucked off the stage, and we were all like, where the fuck is Angus? And then he appeared in the crowd 
on Bon Scott's shoulders <laughs> and came through the crowd and we were like, oh my God, Bon is carrying Angus on his shoulders and was hailed um, to much acclaim. Uh, and then Ronnie Montrose came and we split. <laughs> and so I would like you to play this, that song. The, um, uh, it's a long way to the... Oh, yeah. completely take, gone out of control. Really, really loud. Party time! 
so imperative there's no stop signs. <laughs> um, this came out when I was in college. That's how fucking old I am. My favorite story is... A friend of mine went to see an ACDC tribute band that only played Bon Scott songs. And someone yelled, will you please play You Shook Me All Night Long? And the singer goes, fuck you. We only play Bon Scott songs. As awesome as You Shook Me All Night Long is, which might be the most awesome song of all time, it's not a Bon Scott song. It's Brian, and I don't know where Brian's from. Super, super fucking loud here, Bex. Um, Chuck Berry, anyone? Francisco in um, uh, at New Year's, and uh, then on the road again with the Who's Line, and then I'm sure I'll have many other dates. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's almost impossible not to. Uh, and like that, we're supposed to, we have to end before midnight, I know that. I know, right? Um, and I know, crushing disappointment. You guys have been so lovely. You gave me a lemon and a book. <laughs> and, no, and a bottle of 18, 18. Our vodka is crafted by distilling grains sourced from Australia's pristine wilderness. <laughs> there has been too much killing. Too much pain. We all lost someone we love. Leave the gas and walk away. I guarantee safe passage through the wasteland. This humongous is an honorable man. <laughs> the Ayatollah of Rock and Roller. Uh, uh, we're in New Zealand. I don't know when this comes out. This will come out Monday. Yeah. Will we still be... You guys, will we still be in New Zealand on Monday? Yeah. New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> we, we rank on each other all the time. The other night I was ranking on him, at Colin, I think the older fellow, and uh, <laughs> he goes... This was his repast to me. Why don't you use a big word? Ms. <laughs> Ellen. The other night, what was the couple's name? Loa and... Loa Chris. and Chris. Loa, Lo Laura. 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 Laura and Chris. Loa... Loa and, <laughs> Loa and Loa and Chris and I went 
oh, okay, Lawa and Quis. And she was like, no. And I was like, she goes, it's Laura. And I'm like, oh, I meant Lawa. <laughs> what, everybody's a stickler and shit? Uh, so we'll be in New Zealand. New Zealand. We'll be in New Zealand next week. Now I'm Frank Zappa. We'll be in New Zealand. Uh, we'll be in New Zealand next week in uh, um, Wellingtown and uh, Auckland and then um, Napier. Uh, and then we're fucking off back to the States. Um, I know, right? Um, it, it's too short a time and we have no time to see anything and shit like that. Um, I'm going to leave you with this. Um, you guys have been so awesome. I, I, we can't get here enough, and um, I, I, I can't. Uh, my heart is full, and thank you so much for coming out tonight. Uh, I, I wish the show could be longer. I really, really do. And um, uh, I, 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 um, I leave you with this. Um, uh, everything that you hope for and everything that you dream for is within your grasp. It, it's simply a matter of each day. Um, doing one little thing, whether it is an act of kindness or whether it is just one small thing, whether you give a dollar uh, to something that matters, whether it is um, uh, being um, kind to someone that's nearby you, whether it's saying hi uh, to someone who's lonely, whether it's um, picking up a piece of garbage in the street, whether it's giving a lemon to an alcoholic older comic, whether it's just smiling at someone. Um, the world can be made better by you incrementally each and every day. It is up to you to change your world. Tacitus said it. You must change your life. And that is how it goes. I wish you nothing but love. You have been the smartest crowd in the world. I've been the smartest man in the world. Thank you so much.